following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Here we go, your midweek podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. Bob Matthews here. Delighted, as always, to be alive and well here in the DraftKings.com studios. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Don't forget, you can find the podcast at the Hockey Podcast Network's website, as well as Spotify and iTunes and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Ashburn continues we are smack da- we're we're not smack dab in the middle of training camp anymore. Amazingly enough, technically, camp's almost over. It'll be over after this week. Next week, it's it's kind of officially into regular season mode. Although, obviously, tons of stuff left before uh, the end of before the end of the preseason. There's another game to go. We got cuts down to 85 yesterday. They've still got to get down to 53 and then obviously uh, finalize the practice squad and all of that will be done around Labor Day and then kick off against Jacksonville Sunday, September 11th. This weekend, of course, the Commanders go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. So it's time to go out to practice. We are going to hear from Ron Rivera and then uh, after that, we will catch up with Sam Fortier, Commander's Insider for the Washington Post. Get a little first-hand account as to what's going on on the field. First, though, to the podium, where Rivera is standing by. I don't know if you noticed, but if you saw any of the post-practice uh, sound on Tuesday, Ron Rivera was not a happy camper afterwards. You can always tell. When, when Rivera's not happy. He kind of wears it on his sleeve. So it turned out that there was a little bit of extracurricular activity after some of the plays, and he wasn't wanting, he wasn't having that yesterday. That apparently is why he was upset after Tuesday practice. So first question I want to know on Wednesday is how uh, did he feel everybody responded after that? Very pleased, very much so. Um, I really liked their, their attitude, liked the way they practiced. The tempo in which they practiced with was excellent, and that's really what we're looking for. Um, yesterday was more about just practicing smart. You know, we had a couple shots that were taken that I didn't like, I didn't approve of, and you know, do that in a game, and it might be something. Um, you know, somebody might get in trouble for it. So I just wanted to emphasize that, hey, we're going to play like you practice, so let's practice smart. He does not put up with any skullduggery at practice. That's Ron's a very straight guy when it comes to that. After that attention, turn to uh, looking at the game film from last weekend, especially 
the defense and third downs. You might remember the first-team offense gave up three straight to Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. It probably would have been a touchdown drive had Mayfield not fumbled a, a snap deep in Washington territory. Ron said it's not just about being better on third down. you got to be better on second down as well. Well, we'll continue to work with it, but one of the biggest things, too, as I said, and, and, and it was a little bit of a stark thing, was you know when we went back and studied last season, one thing we saw was our deficiencies in second down defense. You know We can't allow ourselves to, to be in second and ten then end up in third and four, third and three, third and five. Um, you know, and that's, that's where it begins. It starts with that. You know, keep the momentum, get them and keep them in second and long. That'll help us. That'll, that'll, that'll increase our opportunities to keep them from converting. Um, and then again, it's continue to challenge our guys. You know, they, they're going to have to step up. Guys need to step up. You know, we've changed some things as far as what we've done um, or what we do, excuse me, um, to fit a little bit more of that as far as being successful on third down. Uh, hopefully some of that will involve attacking more on second and long instead of sitting back in a zone and letting them get four or five yards on a second and ten. All of a sudden you got third and five instead of third and ten. Makes a difference. Also, I asked Ron about the edge rushing department. Uh, Montez Sweat, of course, is having a fantastic camp, but we know that Chase Young isn't going to be there for the start of the season. May not be there until the end of October, for all we know at this point. So how are the other edge rushers looking? Well, that's exactly what we're trying to do is sort through and, and see which one of those guys have stepped up. You know, uh, Brad the King's done a really nice job. He's a heavy-handed guy that's physical. Um, Rotumi, Rotumi Boomi is also a, a heavy-handed guy who's physical as well. Um, you look at Shaka. Shaka's an, uh, a um, situational pass rusher type, very explosive off the ball. We saw that in the, in the game, you know, getting around the corner and dipping, stuff like that. So we've got a mix of young guys. We also have a veteran guy in, uh, in F.A. Obata who has the ability not just playing in, but he can also play the three technique and passing situations for us as well. When we come back, Sam Fortier of the Washington Post joins us to take an inside look at how the state of the team looks right now, almost a week after preseason game number one. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to a grand. If it doesn't win, you're going to get another shot to cash in. So you can throw down all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Your betting options feel endless. Hey, don't forget, coming up next weekend... Guess what's back? The Premier League. That's right. Premier League starts next weekend. Ton of soccer games on deck. You can put some money down on that if you feel like it. And again, if those bets don't win, you've up to a thousand in free bets if one doesn't win. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw all your cash. Whatever you want. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 
If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777, or you can go to ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 and older, 18 and older in Wyoming, physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. For details, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Time to bring in Commander's Insider. We like to refer to him as the Timothy Chalamet of sports journalism, Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Bob. Uh, very kind with the introduction. Hey, I just like I always say, I call it like I see it. What can I say? You're that good, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> hey, let's let's get down to it. Um, you know, I was watching the interviews after practice today. Comparing them to yesterday, uh, Ron Rivera was was a little salty yesterday after practice. You can always tell when he's when he's pissed. He kind of wears it on his sleeve. What was the deal yesterday? Why was uh, why was he so so curt with everyone? Yeah, I think he was a little bit upset because his players maybe got went a little bit over the line with the trash talk and and some of the things he he didn't like to see. He didn't elaborate on what those were, but there was. You know, some notable trash talking, particularly between Terry McLaurin and defensive back Kendall Fuller, defensive backs coach Chris Harris. They, they really went at it. Uh, there was a play where Aaron Monta- Montanero, uh, the offensive lineman, fell backward into quarterback Sam Howell and actually knocked him to the ground, which is a no-no in practice and, and you know, a super big no-no during training camp. So there were several situations I think that he did not like. And you really saw it come out in that presser yesterday. Now he said he was he was uh, he was happy with the way they responded today. Uh, did it did it seem a lot crisper today? Yeah, I, I think it did. He, um, it, you know, it was it was definitely more toned down. It was a little bit cooler. They weren't wearing pads like they were with yesterday. They were wearing shorts and shells. Chris Harris, the defensive backs coach, who brings the most juice, was even on the sidelines being a little quieter than normal rather than being you know 30 yards behind the play and shouting every time uh somebody did something so uh yeah it was definitely toned down today and I think a little more serious you think that you think some of that's just a byproduct of camps almost over and and despite last Saturday they're really tired of hitting each other it it could be some of that I I think that you know when you talk about being out in Ashburn it's hot it's muggy I think that maybe got to the guys yesterday and when your head coach lights into you for six minutes and he is going off, I think that really sets a tone. So 
uh, it was a little bit earlier practice today. It was at 9 a.m. instead of 10 a.m. I think all those factors probably contributed uh, to, to a little bit more down day. Mm. It looked like the heat got to uh, Pete Big Dog Haley this morning, though. <laughs> yes, uh, Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington was a little tired. He had to take a, a quick nap on a table. Um, so they, they say uh, you can't make the club in the tub, but I, I would say you can't make the beat off your feet. Yeah, I, I think I'm sure that's not going away anytime soon. He'll be reminded of that throughout the year. Um, <laughs> where where are we at, Sam, with this team right now? Um, concerns about, I guess, the defense, although a limited sample size last Saturday, you know, first team giving up three straight first downs. But where do you think this team is uh, compared to, say, this time last year or the year before, now that you've got a, a, a little perspective watching them as a unit? It's difficult to say because you haven't seen them tested against competition, but I would have to say this team is in a much better spot than it was last year or even a year, you know, a year before that. Anytime you have quarterback Carson Wentz, although he's imperfect, I think that he is a clear upgrade um, not only over Taylor Heineke, but, but over Ryan Fitzpatrick. So to me, they're in a better spot. The defense, uh, you know, looks good. But, but you know, as you mentioned, they, they struggled on third downs on Saturday. Jack Del Rio actually said uh, he wasn't going to overreact, but he did not like what he saw on third downs, especially because they were historically bad on that down a year ago. So I would say that the talent is there. Everything is on paper. But as everybody in Washington knows, there's a big gap between having talent on paper and, and putting that out on the field. Absolutely. We, we were there on Saturday. We, we saw we saw him against the Panthers. I and I could be a little bit biased about this because uh, with a, a kid at UNC and a wife that went there, I watched literally all of Sam Howell's games in uh, in college. But um, how, how do you rate Howell's performance against the Panthers? Yeah, he was out there against the threes and the fours and a bunch of guys that aren't going to probably be in the NFL in a couple of weeks. But at the same time. He got the job done, which is, I guess, what you would want to see from a, a rookie quarterback, right? Yeah, I, to me, it was it was an encouraging sign of development. I, I don't expect to see Sam Howell this year. I, I don't expect um, that you know he's going to be challenging Carson for the starting job. Certainly, Taylor Heineke for the backup job, probably. And so, to me, it was just you know, if you're going to take a fifth round flyer on a quarterback who has some potential but has some questions. That was just a really nice way, I think, to show that development. That that's really all I took it as. Yeah, yeah, no, same. I I think so. Same here. With everything, with all of the talk about quarterbacks, how do we articulate to folks that are either that either you know watch the news, you know, read all of all of your stuff from training camp and everything? How do we explain? what we see differently in a positive way between Carson Wentz and not just Taylor Heineke last year, but I've maintained, you know, maybe different than any quarterback going back, maybe to RG three, if you want to go back that far. Yeah, I would say Kirk Cousins, there, there's some similarities, but I will say the thing that, that stands out is the arm strength. First of all, you know, you, there's a zip on his ball It's six, you know, six, four, uh, 225 he looks like the prototypical quarterback he has zip I think that he's willing to maybe take risks that other guys including Cousins was not able to he, he really threw the ball downfield uh, he, he'll put it into tight coverage if he needs to this is a guy that is going to stretch the field and, and challenge defenses there are obviously a host of concerns including his decision making including what he 
does to extend plays and, and therefore take some sacks. But really, uh, the, the, the differences that stand out are just his physical capabilities at the position. Um, we're, you know, as we're now almost to the end of camp, we've gotten through a preseason game. We, there's been a lot of talk about he looked, you know, pretty good for the most part against the Panthers. He's looked sharper the last week. Take us up to today as we uh, as we record this on on Wednesday, August. I think it's August sixteenth. Um, did did the did, did the good practices continue today? Have they continued since the Panthers game? Yeah, I, I think that you know this practice sort of uh, reflects kind of what we talked about earlier, and um, I think that that Ron is getting his guys ready to play. I mean, he talked about. There's some confidence in this group. There's a humility that Jack Del Rio preached, especially this defense after they maybe got ahead of themselves last year. So to me, this is a team that while it's struggling with, with its health on the offensive line, particularly without its top four interior offensive linemen today, they are trending in the right direction. I think the skill position groups in particular um, are going to be as advertised for Carson Wentz. Mm. Uh, you mentioned that about uh, the interior linemen, I guess top three guards out uh i'm not sure if there's anybody left to play tight end they might be you know uh, getting you and the big man out there uh, tomorrow you know what's what's going on with that are is there legitimate concern uh amongst those you know those linemen and those tight ends not playing this weekend at this point yeah certainly ron said that he was concerned by west schweitzer his hip injury he was the latest guard to go out we haven't seen andrew norwell uh, in, I think, three or four days. We haven't seen Trey Turner, except for one or two practices, all of camp. Right. There are several um, guys out. We They lost Curtis Hodges today. We don't know what the injury was, but he went to the side field. Uh, so, really, Eli Wolf and Armani Rogers, an undrafted free agent, and a guy they just signed. Those, those were the two tight ends today at practice, um, which is obviously a big concern for a guy that likes to use tight ends as, as much as Carson Wentz and as much as offensive coordinator Scott Turner do so the, you know those are big concerns but they still have three weeks before before the season kicks off or four weeks um no I believe it's three so I think it all be, runs together not... <laughs> after a certain period of time <laughs> for real yeah. uh so I think they're okay for now but yeah it's certainly a situation worth monitoring what what, what happens if if they get you know, if, if God forbid Eli Wolf, uh, you know, gets hurt tomorrow, I mean, you, you know, do, do you sign? Do you, can they just sign people to have bodies until other folks come back? Or do you have to start looking at, you know, an injured reserve and, and stuff like that? Yeah, no, I, I think that you I mean, they, they put one tight end on injured reserve, Samus Reyes with yeah. a hamstring the other day. I mean, this is a uh, I mean, this is a legitimate you know, I think concern for them if they if they can't get one of those guys back. I think, you know, they we asked Ron the other day, why didn't you get a more accomplished tight end than Eli Wolf? You know, a guy that hasn't produced uh, in in the NFL uh, with a team. And and he said, look, like these guys are hard to find. You know, there's not a ton of guys out there. And I will say, the expansion of rosters not only to 90, but the expansion of practice squads from I believe it was 12 to 16 during COVID. I mean, that's taken you know. 120 160 players off of the market even in season so it's harder to find talent now uh during the year than it used to be yeah. so i think that's a part of this as well 
Well, I guess on the upside, we can say that uh, physically Curtis Samuel, I guess, is on a heater because he's been to practice, what, three, four straight days now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is one positive development is that, you know, I was talking with Pete Haley about this when he was awake. And we, <laughs> we sort of talked long. about how this is <laughs> – right, this is kind of remarkably – one of the best weeks of Curtis Samuel's Washington tenure. He's practiced, he's participated in games, he's been productive. You know, it's it's weird to say that about mid-August, uh, you know, before the second year of a, of a big three-year deal, but this has been one of his best weeks. Mm. Well, that that is positive. Uh, I, I, I'd ask you about the Jack Del Rio, pre, you know, presser today and all that, but I'm just, I, I'm kind of tired of the whole blending football and politics thing at this point. So let me jump ahead to, um, to Saturday chiefs, commanders, arrowhead, four o'clock, yada, yada. What do we look for this week? What as, what should fans be watching for? What should they be encouraged if they see on the field? Well, I think the number one thing is Carson's familiarity and comfort in the offense. If he looks like he did, in week one of the preseason, then that, that is a positive development. Uh, I think you also want to see uh, who, who steps in for these injured players. Who, who is at right and left guard? Uh, what does the defense look like if, if they don't have all their pieces? So to me, it, it's about personnel. It's about execution. If, 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 especially if your first team defense gets a couple series of Pat Mahomes, that, that is as good a test as you can get in the preseason to see where your guys are at. So for me, those are the big things I'll be watching out for. Okay. Final question. Uh, what, uh, again, as we sit here and speak today, what can we look forward to uh, in the Washington Post from Sam Fortier in the next couple of days? <laughs> uh, well, you can look forward to a couple of different feature stories that, that I got cooking. And today you can look for an analysis. We didn't talk about this, but Antonio Gibson has been in special teams drills, prompting questions about his status as the team's lead back. Uh, these are developments that are new over the last two days. So I kind of took a deep dive today into his fumbling problems, how he's been used, what are, you know, what do we need to see? And, and will he retain that top back status? Okay. I lied because I totally flaked on that. Uh, and I even have it written down here and, and still flaked, but what do we make of that? Uh, last two days, you know, again, uh, special teams work. Uh, I know Ron yesterday said, uh, well, both he and, to paraphrase, he and Brian Robinson worked with the ones, twos, and threes. I mean, are we looking at a, you know, does should Antonio Gibson be worried about his starting job right now? It's tough to tell. I mean, it, it is difficult to tell. As you say, you know, Ron Rivera was very vague when he was sort of asked, is this a legitimate exploration for a new role, or is this a motivational bit after he fumbled again last Saturday? It, it's. I don't think Ron has really given an indication either way, but to me, it's it's tough to say that you've invested two years in Antonio as a running back that he has the big play potential that he has, and then you're going to give up on him for a guy that that clearly does not have as much explosion in Brian Robinson, but is probably more dependable, more consistent. But it, it, I don't know. It, it's difficult to tell if there is a shift on Saturday in Kansas City. That I think would be a really notable development. If Antonio stays with the ones, if he holds on to the ball, if he runs hard, that I think suggests that, that this was more, you know, a message to him than it was a serious coaching consideration. But as of right now, I don't think we have enough information to tell either way. It was just so amazing last week because if you could not have scripted a worse day for Gibson 
putting the ball on the ground second play of the game and then having Brian Robinson run as 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 well as he did after that. Yeah, no, absolutely. This this is I mean, this is something that Antonio struggled with last year. He did not struggle with as a rookie. He he didn't fumble once on his 170 carries. He fumbled um after a catch. But this is not something that that, you know, was the book on him coming coming out of Memphis. So was last year a fluke? Does it portend more fumbles? I don't know. But I think that that's something that Antonio Gibson now has to address with his play. Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Give him a follow at Sam4TR on Twitter. Sam, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. We will talk again very soon. Of course, Bob. Thank you, as always, for having me. All right, we got to get out of here. Clock on the wall says time is up. Thanks, as always, Sam Fortier, for joining us. Uh, Commanders, Chiefs, Saturday at Arrowhead Stadium. We will talk about it afterwards. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. Get ready for preseason game number two. And, as always, like the wise man said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, white. Washed his hands, the seal is fixed.